Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Holiday greetings and welcome back to Gather by the Ghost Light, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And today we are taking a sleigh ride into the second installment of the annual third time ever festive Christmas holiday special extravaganza. The month of December is usually when we drink a little extra eggnog decorate the house with Christmas lights, listen to Christmas songs, and watch Christmas movies. But what makes a movie a Christmas movie? You know, it seems that most people have different opinions on this. But perhaps today's story will enlighten us. It's called The Ultimate Christmas Question, and it was written by UK-based playwright Rachel Feeney Williams. You are about to meet Maggie and Jeff. They are meeting for the first time on a blind date. Now, the plan was to get together and watch Christmas films at Maggie's place, but they quickly realized that they both have different ideas on what makes a movie a Christmas movie. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is The Ultimate Christmas Question, written by Rachel Feeney Williams. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Just a second. Hi. Hi. You found the place okay then? Oh, yes. Google Maps proved a helpful assistant. It's hard to imagine what we did before phones. Ask total strangers, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I suppose we would. <laughs> so, uh, c- can I come in? Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. That's why you're here. <laughs> I brought some wine. Oh, thank you. That's so lovely. My mother always told me, never turn up to someone else's house empty-handed. A wise woman. Her advice has always served me well. Would you like a glass? Oh, yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you. Great. Well, you have a seat, and I'll be right back. I must say, it's remarkably brave of you. Brave? To agree to watch a Christmas movie? I have some great options we can choose from. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I brought some good ones with me as well. Well, the debate on great Christmas movies is one that's been going on for years. 
generations of families can mostly never agree. Oh. But I'm sure we'll find the perfect film. Good. Yes, of course. Oh, no. It really is so sweet of you two. Uh, sorry, I, I was admiring your Christmas tree and this little ornament just kind of whoopsied onto the floor. Oh, that's okay. Just so long as you're not plotting to steal my Christmas. Um, sorry? The Grinch. He stole Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, have you ever done this before? What? Blind date. Oh, nope. I did once. I swore never again. Oh, <laughs> Uh, that's why I insisted Kelly bring me a picture of you. You can never be too careful with these things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, you could end up with someone who has no taste in films. <laughs> oh, that would <laughs> yeah. be awful. I know, right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Maybe we should decide on a film to watch. Oh, yes, of course. I have some movies we can look through over here on the sofa. Oh, yeah. So I've put these in reverse order of my preference. This one here is my number five. The Grinch. Oh, not a fan? Well, it's just... Uh, what? It's a bit of a kid's film, isn't it? Well, I do prefer Christmas films that are more aimed at children. Oh, really? They just have more of a magical feel. Adult films are so sensible. Right, yeah. But if you don't want to watch it, we don't have to. I, it's just not my thing, really. Well, that's not a problem. What did you bring? Oh, you're going to love this one. Here, check it out. Mighty Ducks? Something wrong? Well, I'm just not sure why you think it's a Christmas film. It's set at Christmas. No. Parts of it are set in winter, but mostly it's just about a winter sport. I failed to see- That doesn't make it Christmassy! Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. If you're looking for a more festive film with snow, I have other movies. Like what? The Snowman. That's a cartoon. Polar Express. Same again. Ooh, what about Jack Frost? Uh, wait, isn't that the one where the absent fathers turn into a snowman after he dies and then he just- Melts away anyway at the end? But he and his son have a lovely time together first. Uh, it's not exactly the cheerful Christmas feeling, though, is it? No. I suppose not. Uh, so what else you got there? I'm not sure you'll like any of them. <laughs> Look, try me. I I'm not entirely unreasonable. What about A Christmas Carol? That's a classic. A classic that's been way overdone. Well, granted, there are some versions that are questionable, but some are timeless. Well, what versions do you have? Muppets or Mickey or... Well, well do you have anything that can be watched by actual adults? <gasps> they are all fabulous. Please. Muppets Christmas Carol was Michael Caine's biggest mistake. Oh, I thought you weren't unreasonable. Everyone has their breaking point. Singing, dancing creatures that look like they've escaped a nightmare are mine. Well, what else did you bring? All right, you want a classic? Here. This right here is a classic. You are opposed to singing dancing creatures, but you have no issues with gremlins. Gremlins never pretend to be anything but what they are. Evil, psychotic balls of fuzz bent on causing chaos and murder. But it takes place at Christmas. It takes more than just a film being set at Christmas for it to be a Christmas film. Oh, really? You need that one Christmas moment. What on earth are you talking about? 
Take Home Alone, for example. Oh, talk about your evil psychopath. He is protecting his home from burglars. No, 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 no. He finds joy in inflicting pain on others. That makes him a psychopath. Can I finish my point? Sure. Here, t- tell me how the little psychopath has his magic moment. The moment when he's downstairs on Christmas morning and he walks into the living room and looks around and the place is still empty. But then... You're not going to cry at the thought of a scene, are you? When his mother comes into that doorway and sees her little boy. Yeah, she's thinking, thank God he hasn't burned the place down. It's a beautiful moment between a mother and her son. I can't believe you'd think anything else. All Christmas movies are laced with dark undertones. I kind of think it's their foundation building block. Like? All right. Christmas Carol covers hauntings of past mistakes. Miracle on 34th Street covers persecution of the little guy by giant corporations. The Grinch covers... No, no. I won't have you start on The Grinch. Why not? He's an individual who doesn't believe in the over-commercialized holiday of Christmas, and he is cast as a villain. You can't tell me that's not a reflection of our society. It's based on a children's book. So you do admit the film is for children. Well, what else did you bring then? Right here. Cinematic gold. <laughs> is something funny? Die Hard, please. Whoa, 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 what's wrong with Die Hard? Other than the fact that it's not a Christmas film? On what planet? It's set at Christmas! And shrouded in a cloud of murder and violence! Firstly, it's not murder. At least not on JM's side. Who? JM. John McClane. All right, so what would you call his part in the film? He's a vigilante. Oh, Lord. It's true. He's taking on terrorists to save the woman he loves. There are plenty of Christmas love stories that don't require automatic weapons. Like... White Christmas. Oh, you mean the musical that has one song that references Christmas, and that doesn't even happen till the end. It refers to Christmas all the way through. Look, if you start making any film that refers to Christmas a Christmas film, then it's going to become a long list. That's not what I meant. It's what you said. (sighs) Look, do you want to watch something non-Christmassy? No, I'm sure we could find something. Well, there's It's a Wonderful... No, 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 please don't say It's a Wonderful Life. Please, just don't. What's wrong with it? Oh, you have objections to watching terrorists being killed by action hero John McClane. You mean Bruce Willis in a wife-beater vest. That you have a problem with, but a film that entirely revolves around a man's decision to commit suicide is... That's not what the film is about. Oh, I may have drifted off during the 14 hours it was on. It's not that long. But what I remember is that poor man... George Bailey. Can I finish? Can I just finish, please? Yes. But you're wrong. So, you think it's fair that he spends his entire life looking out for others and getting nothing in return? He has plenty! Oh, yeah, he has a house that's falling apart, a business he sunk every penny he owns into, uh, children who are constantly talking to him, a a family that leans on him. Should I go on? Well... If I were... What's his name? George Bailey. You can't possibly understand the film if you don't remember the main character's name. Yeah, he clearly didn't make his mark. James Stewart won an Oscar for that movie. Well, there have been many questionable Oscar decisions over the years. It's a Wonderful Life is a lovely film. Look, if you say so. I... You... Get out! Suits me fine. I could never be with anyone who believes the beautiful spirit of Christmas should be shrouded in murder and doesn't believe in the beauty of Christmas. And I could never be with someone whose head is so full of Christmas fluff to the extent that she believes a classic is defined by people singing or films for kids. Hmm. You know, I've just realized something. What? That you are... You're, uh... You're... You're very beautiful when you're angry. 
your bristling manner brings a certain brooding sexiness to you as well. So it looks like we're never going to decide on a film together. <laughs> no. But I don't think either of us wants this evening to end. No. So, in light of that, should we just have sex? Oh, absolutely. That was The Ultimate Christmas Question, written by Rachel Feeney Williams. It was performed by Marianne Thibodeau and myself. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With me now is the writer of the story you just heard. She is based in the United Kingdom. She's a playwright that's written over 160 plays and monologues. And she's a fellow podcaster. This is Rachel Feeney-Williams. Rachel, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. And man, you have such a large catalog of plays that you've written. <laughs> I'd love for you to tell us about your writing journey, uh, how you got started, just a, a little bit of everything about you. Um, well, it originally started uh, way back when, when I was at university, so 17 years ago. Um and I wrote a, I wrote my first play there, um, and then kind of didn't write anything for a couple of years. Uh, and then when I moved back to uh, Devon in the UK, which is where I'm based, I started writing a bit more with my local um, Amateur Dramatic Society. Um, and then when lockdown hit, it was kind of everything stopped. So there was no more performing, there was no more going to theatre, and it's very easy when you're a creative just to be swallowed up by the idea of not being able to do anything. Um, and it was actually my partner who turned around to me and said, look, I love you, but you need to find something to do. <laughs> so I, yeah, I went and started something to do. Um, I originally started with a, a player day challenge run by the um, literacy challenge service. And yeah, that's, they provide a brief a day. Uh, through the month of February, which was February last year. And I enjoyed the challenge so much that I um, then self-produced five challenges of my own between then and now, um, coupling that with lengthening out a few other pieces that's added up to the 163, I think it is now. Wow, that is amazing. So you've written a ton of plays over the years, uh, mm -hmm. but there's one play you wrote that everyone just heard, and it's mm -hmm. called The Ultimate Christmas Question, which is what 
are the qualifications for a film to be considered a Christmas movie. Precisely. <laughs> and this is a real life argument. I've overheard many of my friends over the years having this debate. Uh, so for you, what what was it that made you want to write this play and kind of get it down on paper like this and get it produced? Um, I mean, it was two things. It was, again, I was a part of my, uh, one of my play day challenges back in June. Um, ironically, it was inspired by um, a picture and the picture was just a pair of Christmassy socked feet um, and a present. And, you know, sat there in the middle of June, you think, how on earth am I meant to be writing anything inspired by this? Um, and then I thought of the, as you said, the the conversations and the arguments I've had with people over the years. And it is something people debate and argue about over generations. I've had lengthy arguments with my brother-in-law about why Die Hard is not a Christmas film. <laughs> I was actually about to ask you, like, the real ultimate question is, this is your play, these are your characters, mm. but which one are you? And I guess, so you're not you're not uh, the Die Hard Gremlins, that's not a Christmas movie for you. No, I'm not a Jeff. Um, very much a Maggie. Um, to me, it's all about the music, the smiles, that wonderful, warm-feeling Christmas moment. And yeah, to me, a Christmas movie is a Christmas movie if it's got automatic weapons in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know this play has had uh, quite a few readings at theaters, and I think you've had some Zoom, I think maybe even another audio production. Um, have you mm -hmm. had a chance to ever see it performed on stage anywhere along the way? No, I'd say it's, um, it's only been kind of in existence since um, June, and it's obviously very much a seasonal piece. So, I mean... Fingers crossed, maybe next year, but the fact that I've been able to hear it live is an incredible thing all by itself. Now, when you hear it live, um, do you, you know, since you haven't, you know, it hasn't like premiered on a stage yet, do you use those live readings to kind of, you know, let me reword, you know, some of these sentences, maybe I can craft it a little bit better or... Yeah, I think sometimes if you're listening to a sentence and suddenly you you just go, oh, that doesn't sound right, or you were falling over those words, then you know a live actor would do exactly the same thing. So it is a case of going back and thinking, okay, what fits in that gap that means the same thing, but maybe doesn't have as many syllables in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the way that you have it together now, like the the script that you sent me for the production of this, I think it's, just, it's perfect. I love it. It's so <laughs> funny. It's just, and it's so real. Like I said, I've heard these same arguments, these same sentences being said in real life. Uh, so I can definitely tell where you got your inspiration from. Um, mm -hmm. Now, regarding all the other plays you have, uh, you know, I was looking through the production histories of some of them, and it seems like every month you have two or three plays getting produced somewhere in the world. Um, yeah. and, and so as a playwright myself, I know that getting your plays out there for theaters to produce, it can be quite overwhelming. And in your case, you have like way more than I do. So mm -hmm. when you're when you're submitting your plays out, how do you kind of pick and choose which plays to send where? Because obviously you don't send them a hundred and something scripts. Like how do you no. kind of pick which plays you're going to send to which theaters and getting all these productions? I, I think a lot of um, submission opportunities and competitions will have their own guidelines anyway in regards to length. There are certain topics they don't want. So you're getting a lot of submissions now where people will specifically say, we don't want anything about the pandemic or anything about COVID with good reason. Um, so you take that into consideration. And then sometimes I'll go back through my plays and see, okay, what has had a chance to maybe get out there and what hasn't um, just to kind of give 
all of my work an equal opportunity as long as the play fits what they're looking for I would never try and sh- kind of shoehorn a play into a submission just because it's not been performed yet yeah and that that makes a lot of sense uh and you have something exciting coming up you have this podcast you're about to launch in January yes. uh it's called theatrical shenanigans I got that name right right okay good yes. <laughs> theatrical <laughs> shenanigans uh, I've been seeing you post about it and putting, you know, submission calls out and all that. So what, tell us a little bit about that and um, and how you're going to get that out there. Um, theatrical shenanigans, it's starting out for season one. I'm going to do 10 episodes, one every two weeks. And basically I have been sent um, plays by playwrights for all over the world. I've selected 10, um, brought in actors, produced them as audio plays, as you did with mine, um, and then I have a chat with um, a guest about them initially and then about the play after the fact. But it's not necessarily the playwright themselves. It's someone who's listened to the piece, has developed an opinion about it, and then is just willing to sit and discuss the themes, how how they thought it went, what they liked, what necessarily they thought could have been done differently, that kind of thing. Excellent. So... As far as when you were finding your voice actors, do you do any of them record remotely, or do they all just do you have your own space where you record everything, or how what is your process like with that? With getting them recorded, they all actually record um, remotely because I have um, actors been doing this from all over, well, all over the UK and indeed all over the world because some of the plays are written by American playwrights. And in order to honour that, I would prefer having American actors rather than someone trying to do an American accent. Um, and I've done audio pieces in the past of my own. I did a four-part um, series of a full-length play that's on YouTube, and that only had four cast members. And even then, trying to get the four of them together at the same time on a Zoom call was an absolute nightmare. And they were all UK-based. So you imagine trying to do that for two, three people who are all in different time zones or in different countries. It's just nigh on impossible. <laughs> So as far as the format, is it just readings or are you doing sound effects and music or how, how are you putting these together? No, it's it's the whole nine yards. It comes with basically the actors are asked to provide the lines as though they are having the conversation. So some um, have read it with their other half and just sent me the whole recording. Some have just sent me their lines. Um, and yeah, so far it's worked incredibly well. The dialogue actually sounds like they are talking to each other i've actually had feedback from one of the playwrights saying it's amazing that these aren't recorded in the same room so it's a method that i think works very well because it gives the actors the freedom to record at times that's convenient for them and then if you need stuff redone it's very quick and very easy for them to do rather than trying as i said before to arrange meetings for people who are in different time zones, different countries, different uh, busyness of life. It's just chaotic. Uh, Well, I'm really excited about this, and I can't wait to hear (laughs) uh, theatrical shenanigans. And is it going to be available just across every podcast, or is it only going to be on YouTube, or how are you putting it out there? Um, It will go out on um, rss.com. I am hoping to spread it forth from there onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but for now I just want to make sure it's out there and then kind of go from there. Um, the first episode will air on New Year's Day, so hopefully a couple of people can dig themselves out of their hangovers to have a listen. <laughs> Being a writer of a ton of plays and just all the stuff you've done, uh, what would be your best advice for other writers out there or other people wanting to get into writing? What could you tell them to kind of keep them trucking and stay motivated to to write, get some scripts out there? 
I think the premise of wanting to be a playwright is always about passion. If you're not enthusiastic about a script you're writing, then it clearly wasn't meant to be, or it needs to be put down and picked up again at a later date. I would always say write about what you're passionate about. And I would always say, again, kind of keep pushing because it's so hard. There are like literally now thousands of playwrights out there. Um, even from the submission that I have for the podcast, I had something like 30 or 40 plays sent to me. So you consider every submission probably gets hundreds, maybe thousands it's still worth persevering because all it takes is that one person to pick up your script and go, wow. And if you're concerned about how a script sounds or you don't think it's right, join play reading groups. There are loads out there. There's a group called Caravan Players. They do readings. They're on Facebook. I run a weekly Sunday night play reading uh, group called Literary and Discourse Society, which is, again, we are on Facebook. And we read plays exclusively by our own members so if you want if you've got a kind of play and you're looking at it thinking mm, not sure how this is going to sound then that's my best advice join play reading groups because it's a great way to meet people as well and with the one silver lining I would say to the pandemic is it brought all of that into the mainstream so there are so many people that I know now that I would never have met if it hadn't been for starting the play reading group which I wouldn't have done without lockdown and the pandemic so yeah silver linings <laughs> very nice all right so where can people find you you have a website and are you active on social media uh i do my website is rfwscripts.co.uk um i'm on facebook under rachel feeney williams hyphen playwright um as i said before theatrical shenanigans also has its own facebook page but yeah i'm very active on social media um yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for writing such a fun and clever little Christmas play for us. Uh, keep writing, keep creating, keep podcasting. I'm, I'm really excited about this this launch and I'm going to tell everyone about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't, can't wait to hear what you put out. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatherbythegostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at her website, rfwscripts.co.uk. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard. Let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in next week for the third installment of the Christmas special extravaganza with a new play by John Bavoso called Homo for Christmas. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light. Hey, 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.